What's up, guys? Welcome back to Faded Truth. It has been two weeks since I've been gone. Thank you guys for your patience while I rest and reset. Everybody needs a break sometimes, even Wonder Woman. And <laughs> <laughs> I am so happy to be back talking about my favorite subject, cannabis. Um, you guys know how much I love my cannabis, how much it's helped people around me, and um, I'm so excited to have people that are big influencers in the cannabis industry of Nevada here. We got the vice president and president of the Chamber of Cannabis, Miss Tina Ullman and Miss Danny B. Thanks for having us. <laughs> We're so happy to be with you. How you doing? Honored. <laughs> Honored. We see you working. We see all the work you're putting in to use your platform to elevate people, and we're happy to be here. You know what's crazy, though? When I started the platform, like, I wanted to, like, talk about weed, but I didn't know anything about, like, the healing aspect of weed. Like, I just thought weed was cool, and, like, I smoked my whole life, and I'm like, why not have a podcast with weed in it, you know? But, like, then I started meeting people that started teaching me about plants over pills and, you know, minerals over chemicals and how much it actually healed people even with non-psychoactive parts of the plant. And I didn't realize that cannabis is, like, you know, a whole, like, when I heard cannabis, I thought that was bougie, you know, because we just said, like, weed. <laughs> weed like yeah. you know and people are like cannabis i was like oh oh trust me even even just today i was talking about tinctures and that's just another a completely other aspect of the industry that we don't even people aren't even talking about yet there's so many different opportunities i'm looking forward to the day when we have research done so that we can know even more right now it's untapped potential so exciting shout out to uh chef stacy dugan and ia brand because mm -hmm, i yeah. got some of that tincture that's gonna sit there forever on my counter <laughs> that indica Ooh, that <laughs> will have you going to the moon yeah because we put that in the soup that she made when she did our, her interview we did a, um like red lentil veggie soup mm. coconut soup vegan and then we added the infused in there nice <laughs> she's so talented we love her um so i met you guys like almost a year ago now well i guess last year so i started going to the events and i was like oh my god i can't believe there's like an actual community for cannabis because in jersey where i'm from it's so stigmatized i got arrested for weed um you know i got put in jail for fucking weed and tried to get charged with narcotics and possession and all this stuff and mm. i'm like i love just being in a state and a place where i feel comfortable being myself because I feel personally like weed's my medicine mm -hmm. um, and so you know I definitely think it's something that you need in your everyday life that shouldn't be taken from you and that's why a lot of people you see you know moving for families and kids and all that stuff mm -hmm. um, but so for the Chamber of Cannabis the best way I can describe them for people that don't know um, is a group of like-minded individuals pushing economic social and political reform in cannabis and I know this is a nonprofit that you guys started um, so can you tell me a little bit how nonprofits work? Because I know you have people that join in and like put in big money. So how does it like all oh, go we're going to geek out right now. <laughs> you guys get ready. Uh, well, first off, we, Danny and I, we grew up during a lot of service. Uh, we were in sports. We were active in our, our church communities and uh, we volunteered a lot. Uh, and we wanted to carry that over now with something much more significant, which is obviously cannabis legislation and regulation. So, um, we got together during COVID and formed this organization. We saw a huge need for it. There was no associations that were led by leaders working in the industry and also who had the acumen to move the industry forward. So we rallied together with our closest colleagues who also were willing to put in the work and created this organization just 14 months ago. Um, really focused on the election and getting local judicial leaders and political leaders here voted in that supported cannabis. We did a great job. We um, put our seal approval on 10 people, nine got voted in. 
And from that point on, we just snowballed with, you know, more impact. And here we are today. So, um, but the biggest difference between nonprofits is uh, our nonprofit is just like a chamber of commerce. So it's a 501c6. That means we can endorse candidates. We're a little more business focused versus service focused. So a 501c3 would be like a church organization, a community organization. Um, and those are the two biggest differences. So, okay. So when these people that sign up, they put, you know, their gold package is what, 10 grand or five grand or whatever? We have all different packages from yeah. $75 for individuals to $10,000. And we're always looking for that angel donor. So <laughs> no, no, no cap on sponsorships over here. <laughs> so they're putting, they're basically investing their money in you guys and saying, here, take our money. And then they're now working with, like, are they readily working with you guys on things or how yes. is it? So the way that it works for us is um, when you join our organization, you're joining as a member. And like Tina said, it starts at 75 for the individual and it goes up depending on how much your organization needs from us. So when we started the organization, this was prior to cannabis consumption uh, lounge bill passing. Um, but our thought was, okay, well, if you have a vested interest in getting this bill passed, we want to be the group that comes together as one voice instead of a bunch of little voices, um, all trying to say the same thing or really similar things. Let us all come together as one coalition and and again, the coalition, it, it does require a little bit of money to keep that engine moving. What is that quote from Zig Ziglar? If you want to change the world, you got to know how to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And yeah, Tina and I, we are all volunteers. We don't take any of the money for ourselves. All the money from these memberships goes right back into the organization. It, um, and we're so grateful for everyone that chose to believe us early on, right? It was just an idea when we came together and we said, hey, we wanna move this industry forward. We see this huge opportunity for social consumption lounge bill coming online. And would you like to be a part of that? Um, again, we're stronger as one voice rather than a bunch of little voices coming together. Mm -hmm. And so Tina and I had some early on meetings where it was pitching ourselves, pitching this idea and showing them that we were gonna do the work. And what that resulted in, in us is and us being able to hire a lobbyist um, who taught us what to do and how to get the, these bills passed, wow. how to speak to legislators, wow. things like that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and also just one, so there's a couple different sides to the chamber. We have our, our legislative initiatives, so getting the two bills passed, building relationships with our political leaders, and making sure that our community knows who to vote for when that time comes. No matter what side of the aisle they're on, we don't care. As long as you're pro-cannabis and pro-humanity, like, right. we're going to push for you. Um, but then we also have our business initiatives. And Danny and I, we have a lucky, very lucky life. We get to social butterfly it around and sell weed all day. Um, well, there's <laughs> a lot, life. there's a yeah. lot to it, but, um, we do, we do both work in sales and marketing in the cannabis industry and we have to build a lot of relationships. So we've been able to grow our network. Mm -hmm. And as we grew our network, we realized, wow, a lot of these people need to know who each other are. Mm -hmm. So how do we make that happen? Well, we put together an event, we curate it. We invite the people that we think want to take the initiative, are great leaders, do business well, are about something. Like be about something. Everyone's got an idea in cannabis. Mm -hmm. Everybody, <laughs> but it's who puts the action behind it. Right. Um, and then just created fun events. When people come to the meeting, we want them leaving there thinking, "Wow, 
that was well worth my time. You know, we've got 18 million things going on. People have children, families. We want to make sure that you are benefiting from the work that we're putting in. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not your regular chamber of commerce type stuffy it's meeting. It's not boring, guys. Please. It's not. It's kind of like the Tonight Show. Um, <laughs> you know, the Tonight Show meets a, a chamber meeting. So we're I mean, really my happy. My favorite chamber meeting so far was Red Man. Of oh, course. Oh, gosh. Awesome. Yes. Um, because he just looks the same. And, like, I just feel like he's dope as shit. Like, I just want to smoke a blunt with him. And that's mm -hmm. why I told him when I went up to the DJ booth, I'm like, Red Man, I just want you to come on the show, just smoke a blunt. He's like, you want to smoke with me? I'm like, fuck yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you guys are I'm both from New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, yeah, and send me to Method Man. Well, and you know what the great. <laughs> I'll fight you for Method Man, Angela. <laughs> or you can in all the, just in join the, in. in the, what is it? The pudding? The jello? <laughs> Get a giant pool. <laughs> we can all be friends. There'll be content. It'll be good. <laughs> he's got a he's got a brand here too with uh, yeah. top notch dispensaries. So Tical. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Tical. 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 Redman or Method Man. Method Man. Method Man. Oh, okay, nice. Mm -hmm. Um, forgot my train of thought. Darn it. So, um, yeah, I so said the favorite. My favorite was Redman, and then by behind that was. Um, Ricky Williams, I think you came to. Ricky Williams, yeah. yep, it's, I like that one. Yeah, I actually sat next to you. Uh, I was on the stage, and then I came down and sat next to you, and I was like, who is this nice young lady? <laughs> Thanks for sitting in the front row, Angela. You know, yeah. I had to get the live. For sure, yeah. Tina and I, you said it was just like a talk show, and truly, she and I, uh, it's our goal to, you know, make everyone feel motivated and excited, but also have a good understanding of what's going on in the industry and how you can directly impact that. And people by already showing up, they're already taking step one. Mm -hmm. And we want to tell you how you can do step two so that you can get to step three and four, which is where Tina and I, and we're still climbing all of us, right? Mm -hmm. But we're moving forward collectively. So our goal is to create an environment where people feel welcome. It's not stuffy. It's not, right. you know, you know, C-level executives, uh, harumph, humph, you know, none of that. <laughs> Um, it's people that want to have fun, but they want to get shit done. Right. Ooh, I like that. Mm. You want to have fun, but you want to get shit done. Okay. Yes. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Party for a purpose. Also, when we do our fundraisers, partying for Party a purpose. Party for a purpose. Yep. You know, okay. So I actually went to UNLV, um, many years ago and that's when clubs first started. Right. And people would drop thousands of dollars on tables. They still do. Well, all those people that were in my network now, I want them to come party with us fundraise donate to the chamber help mm -hmm. us and then we just have another big party right so it's just you know party i like the purpose. networking of i didn't realize how important networking was because when i started the show i was still like so super jersey like i don't want to talk to nobody <laughs> and i didn't trust nobody and i was like everyone's a bullshitter like no one wants to do mm -hmm. anything so now that i realize like the network is really like I mean, I can go out and network and I can meet five people that I might want to interview that night or I can meet someone that might want to sponsor me or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like a never ending thing. And the fact that you guys made it a place for people to just come and like be able to do that and meet people and it go, go actually go somewhere. Maybe you're friends with these people later in three years or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's nice. I agree. And you never know what that conversation could lead you to, mm -hmm. but you have to be there to have that conversation, right? Like yeah. if you're just staying at home um, and thinking, man, I really have all these big dreams and these big goals, but I don't really feel like anyone's hearing me. Well, you have to put yourself in that position. And, you know, I could be sharing that sharing that with someone who's like, oh, well, my dad's uncle has a million dollars and really loves funding your idea. It's so crazy. Um, but yeah, if you're not in the room and you don't put your, like, take a little bit of an F of, of an effort, uh, you never know what could happen. Truly. Your network is your net, net worth. worth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I know that you guys have both been affected by the war on drugs in your life. 
And so that kind of actually steered both of you to get into cannabis in the first place. So I wanted to just hear both of your kind of stories of how you got into it. Totally. I'll, uh, I'll go first. Uh, so I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. The stereotypes are true. <laughs> well, at least they were for me. Um, so I grew up Mormon. I have a huge family, only 15 to 17 nieces or nephews. I say that because I'm really Jeez. not sure at this time. <laughs> I'm, I feel like a couple of my siblings had kids recently. Why do people, I don't is know. it because Mormons have a lot of kids? Oh, yes. Oh, really? sorry. That is a very common stereotype. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so I'm and one multiple of... multiple wives, right? No, no, that is uh, that is a misnomer that okay. um, is not, not any longer the case. Like the extreme fundamentalists. Yeah. Fundamentalist. Yeah. So, um, no. So I have five brothers and sisters and then... Um, plenty of nieces and nephews and that's how I like I don't need to have kids my my siblings did that for me yep. um but anyhow so grew up with a pure lovely childhood really focused on um enjoying the nature and and the outdoors in a really pure and fun sense um wasn't really interested in smoking cannabis or drinking um until I got into college um I was in marching band and those rumors are true too um those kids <laughs> like to party and they are freaky um but no regards <laughs> <laughs> yep, I was playing trombone uh, for the University of Utah. She was playing more than trombone, all right. <laughs> well, I can neither confirm nor deny that. But um, no, my boyfriend at the time and I, because we loved nature and we, um, you know, lived in such a beautiful setting of Salt Lake Valley, we had decided. Um, first of all, he talked me into smoking weed. It took about a year, um, but we, of us being together, I smoke weed. It's three weeks into my weed smoking career. Um, we decide to drive to the base of a Mount Olympus. We light up a doobie. Um, we're having a great time looking over the mountains, which in my opinion is how cannabis should be enjoyed in nature, doing something you love with the people that you like to be with. And um, we're smoking and then all of a sudden, whoop, 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 and it's like, ah, ah, oh, freak. Ooh, and then I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even think I was swearing at that point. I was like, oh, freak. <laughs> oh, my heck. What are we going to do? And, um, uh, you know, as, as unlucky as it would be, um, I got busted by a forest ranger which because um, I was on federal land, got busted by a forest ranger, those are all federal jurisdictions, and so I was charged with a cannabis felony. Um, so I've been smoking weed for three weeks, got two, uh, two fel felonious charges. Um, I ended up getting a, and accepting a plea deal, um, a 3607, um, which basically said if I did a really extensive probation period, drug tested three times a week, taking drug addiction classes, and mind you, I'm 18, this is like a mm. million dollars to me, um, I, I really went out on my own. It taught me resilience. Um, but yeah, I moved out, was getting drug tested, went through the system, and I uh, had my record expunged. So the only people that can ever see that are police officers. Um, so beyond that, I have had a little bit of discrimination now and again. Sometimes they'll get pulled over and they'll say, hey, I saw what's on your record. We're going to so search your car. So even if you get expunged, the cops can still see it? I think it depends on your plea deal. But in my case, yes. Wow. Okay. Um, Anyhow, long story short, I pivoted, I graduated college, um, worked in hospitality and tourism, and then um, had, you know, a wild thing happen to me where uh, 
I decided, you know, I don't want to work in being a scuba diving instructor anymore. What's the next best thing? What's something I love to do? And that's educate and share um, what I'm passionate about. And at the time, and I saw this huge opportunity here in Nevada, and that was the burgeoning cannabis industry. And so I took a chance. I accepted a job and I moved to Las Vegas. Um, and first thing I did was throw myself into community organization and um, a cannabis advocacy group. And so you just uh, came out here guns blazing. I had no friends. I had no friends. And I thought, you know, um, my friend, one of my colleagues uh, said, hey, I know you love politics. You like policy. You like talking about legislation and you like service. Why don't you join this group called Normal? And I was so lucky. Day one of joining Normal, um, I got to meet someone else who was like minded as me. They were also Polish. Very cool. (laughs) Great jokes. And that was Tina. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yes that's so long story okay, short that's my best friend yeah exactly so lucky the law of BFF, BFF since 2019 <laughs> but yes that was my background and I've been able to use my story I recognize my privilege as a white woman to have such a such a lucky plea deal um, because there's so many folks that got the same charge as me um, but they didn't get the same plea deal and so they're they have this felony on their record or they're in jail they uh, they are not getting these jobs they're not getting housing um so many horrible things could have happened to me and i recognize that it's um i can pay it forward and use my talents and my skills Mm -hmm. of public speaking and organizing and motivation to uh, help change people's perspectives um and then also really change and drive the direction of the industry forward which is having more equity Mm -hmm. um and inclusion and uh repairing the wrongs that the failed war on drugs has put on our society Yep, I didn't realize that there was discrimination in cannabis as well. Um, 2020 was really it for me, like eye-opening. Like, I have black in me. I grew up around black and minorities my entire life. And I never heard anything about, you know, like the BLM thing. I never, like, nobody ever kind of, like, told me, oh, this is why people say, oh, it's because you're black. Like, I didn't know why people were like, oh, it's because you're black or because you're tan or whatever. Like, that's why you can't get what you want. And, like, I didn't realize that it went back to everything else that came out in 2020 because no one educated me about that growing up. Schools never taught me shit. Family didn't know shit because they weren't taught. So that's fucked up that black people don't even know their own history. You know what I mean? So when I started doing the podcast, one of the girls I interviewed, shout out to my girl Taz. She's an actor. um, And she told me, she's like, we need people like you because she's dark skin. And she's like, we need friends like you in order to get places she's like so people that say they don't need white people and they don't need this shit yes you do because unfortunately that's the way the world is she's like so if you go in there and try and get something it's going to be a lot easier for you to get it than for me to go in there getting something Mm -hmm. and i'm like damn that's fucked up right maybe yeah maybe we can get in the door and and uh carry on the work that so many folks have either um suffered because of or started the work um we just want to help carry carry this work across the finish line truly and, yeah. and then once we realized how much power we had as an association of leaders, of professionals, um, then we really, it just was like, okay, you know what, this is, this is difficult, but it's actually not as far-fetched as people think. I think so mm-hmm. many times people, they don't know who's making the rules or interpreting the law. And ironically, one of my good friends of 10 years, uh, Judge D. Butler, she was running for judge in 2019, or excuse me, 2020. And these nine incredible women were all running with her. Their billboards were everywhere, you know, and they were all beautiful and 
uh, all different ethnicities. And it was like, wow, I identify with every single one of those women somehow. I want those people interpreting the law. Mm -hmm. And then we met our assemblyman, Steve Yeager, and his wife, who's an incredible judge. She's expunged 2,500 records, and he carried this bill for us. But he cared what we had to say. And I never thought about necessarily meeting with my legislator before I got into cannabis. Um, I did a little bit of anti-tobacco work in junior high and worked for the truth tour. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Um, But yeah, so uh, all the work that we put in has definitely paid off. Um, Well, and Tina, you also were affected by the failed war on drugs. Your family was really impacted. And I think um, sharing your story really helps normalize it. So yeah. Could you um, so like I said, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. That is a city that has just been ran through, rode hard and put away wet. My words and my pops. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, obviously a big blue collar city. All the auto factories, those jobs shipped out. Um, poverty started to happen. Uh, my family members were in prison for a combined of about 30 years. Um, and I can remember going to visit my family members in prison and knowing like, they shouldn't be here. Mm. Like, why are we here right now? That's such a horrible And feeling. so I always knew um, I wanted to become a lawyer. Like, they asked me, you're going to become a lawyer? And I'm just like, yeah. I'm going to get you out. Right? <laughs> and absolutely. And uh, then I went to college, and I knew that wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> My first major was Parks and Rec. Is <laughs> the least math and science and the most fun <laughs> I saw on the list. But... Um, no, I didn't become a lawyer, but that's where I, I feel now like being an activist and a community um, organizer can have just as much impact. Um, and then the other way I was affected by the war on drugs is when I was 13, I met the love of my life, Ricky Hampton. And um, <laughs> <laughs> truly, he was at a hotel party where a drug deal went gone down, went down, and um, he got he turned himself in. Um, he got charged with like everything two counts of attempted murder two counts of aggravated assault two counts right everything and he took a plea deal as a young chicano guy with no representation and he did 11 years and Mm. uh i wrote him for the majority of that time i was by his side like a good faithful midwestern polish girl (laughs) um and uh i said to my parents about two years ago i said gosh can't believe you guys let me write Ricky that whole time. I mean, I would run to the mailbox for his letters, right? And my pops put the paper down and he looked up and he said, well, Tina, we knew you weren't going to have sex with anybody. (laughs) (laughs) She was saving it for Ricky. (laughs) Saving it for Ricky. (laughs) And, uh, you know, obviously I moved on and and he's out of prison now, but... um, 17 years old, 17 years old and at a hotel party and got 11 years and had no representation. So that fuels me. Um, I went to high school in Kingman, Arizona, just about an hour and a half away. Love Kingman, hated it then, but love it now. But my town was ruined by drugs and not the same drugs that were in Detroit, different drugs, (laughs) meth, opioids, um, pills, pain pills, right? And unfortunately, my friends lost their lives. Some of my friends ruined their lives. Um, And I just wish that we could get to a point in our society where if you have an addiction, that you can check yourself into a governmental agency and get unlimited (coughs) cannabis. I was just having this conversation (coughs) with somebody yesterday. And um, I actually wish that I had you guys with me. I was literally like, oh. Put us in your pocket. (laughs) I know. I was like, oh, my God. Because you know what? I'm not a debater. I'm an arguer. 
okay? I know. <laughs> like, I know I'm not mature enough yet to have a nice debate with you and not tell you that you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. You know? So, um, I guess basically, what do you have to say to people that still consider cannabis a drug? Where they say that, okay, well, I don't think it's like, you know, I don't think it's like a bad thing, but it's still like, it's still a drug. So they have this stigma on it. And you can, you know what I mean? You can throw as many scientific facts as you want at them. Like, okay, well, the CBG receptors connect to this and help the neurology of your brain, uh, mm-hmm. you know? But what do you say to somebody who really is on the other side of it, believes science 100% or whatever they hear, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, you know, it's not the same as taking these pills that we're taking. Because in my mind, for me, I'm like, so would you rather give your kid Adderall that's going to ruin their liver and whatever exactly. else? Or would you rather give them CBD yeah. that's not going to make them high and actually help them? It's all a matter of education and, yes. and knowledge, right? Take take an analogy of a snake. I'm scared of snakes, but if somebody told me the snake wouldn't bite me and he can never open his mouth, maybe I'd hold him. Right. Because <laughs> somebody <laughs> told me that and I trusted him. We have to educate people. That's what we like to do. You know, we, we like to be <clears throat> trainers. We, we like to help people increase their knowledge. We've been sponges since we got into the industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, our favorite people to educate is actually our parents and our parents' friends. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the good old um, talking to folks that really have no idea, but they're in pain. Mm-hmm. And they don't like the way prescription drugs make them feel. They're not oblivious to know that this is a suburban white problem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, opioids mm-hmm. and uh, painkillers. So I think um, when they... When we have been able to destigmatize and normalize cannabis, people that are more closed-minded will open up. Yes, and I think that because of the, the access to cannabis that we have here, we are then able to spread the opportunity for healing um, and to increase people's uh, quality of life, truly. Like so many of them are in pain, they're not sure what to do, and they're more open minded um, to consuming cannabis. But I will say, um, you know, when I go home and I'm talking to some, you know, Mormon folks or people that, you know, grew up in Utah, they're like, oh, I would never like they, smoke. Do they look at you as the town like crazy, like back in where I you're mean, from? I've always been weird. So they're like, this <laughs> like is just. Oh, <laughs> look at shocker. <laughs> a d- different level but no truly I, i'm so grateful that i have access to so many different types of medicine here because smoking isn't necessarily an, an approachable thing for a lot of folks that mm-hmm. have never smoked right um so for example like my mom's partner is dying of a terminal illness um and has been in a lifetime of pain but i didn't know that rso existed and if i when like i simpson oil mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and so if I wouldn't have been able to learn what that was here, have access to all this medicine, then I could sh- then there, therefore share that information. Mm-hmm. And then on a lesser scale, my mom has uh, arthritic pain, and um, she's telling me how it's keeping her up at night. And I'm like, well, mom, just try this lotion. I swear to God, you're gonna lo- well, I swear to gosh, uh, you're gonna <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, and you know, she tries it and. And now, you know, she's, she told me, you know, oh, immediately it could feel pain relief. And I, again, I'm just so grateful that I can take mm-hmm. that pain away from my parents and the people that I love. And I can, yeah, by, by showing them something that I know. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Take the pain away from the people you love, exactly. And so we, out of all the things 
that we've done, I think our biggest accomplishment is helping our parents and our parents' friends be open to cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, I even have, um, I, I pretty much provide um, the whole uh, Lutheran church. I'm not going to say what Lutheran <laughs> church, okay? But the whole Lutheran church um, with cannabis, whether it's RSO, um, the t uh, tinctures. Um, I used to give them city trees, but now that I'm with camp, I give them camp. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're out of camp, I ask for city trees. Thank you. No, but tinctures are great. Um, you know, they don't look like drugs. Uh, they're very unassuming. People can put it in their hot tea. Right. And a lot of older people don't smoke, too. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're ready to go speak to all the churches. I've started an unofficial group with the Lutheran Church. Hashtag wow. Christian Republicans for <laughs> Cannabis. <laughs> we know you're out there, and we got a place for you. No judgment over here. Okay, so Just like I, Jesus. <laughs> I really want to get into the big things that happened last year, which were the bills being passed, AB 341 and AB 400. Oh, Great honey. memory. Oh, honey. So let's start with the um, AB 400, which is the DUI reform. And I want to bring that back because I know you had an issue. I had an issue. Josie had an issue. So with the DUI reform bill, basically you cannot now, you cannot test for uh, marijuana in a blood test to give you a DUI charge. Uh, so let me, let me start with the fact that there is no scientific way to measure how intoxicated or inebriated you are. Um, from cannabis at any given moment. Um, so the way that, and it's not analogous to alcohol, it's not the same. So with alcohol, yes, you can. With cannabis, it's non-scientific um, way to measure. It's uh, every single person has their own personalized end cannabinoidal system and also their uh, tolerance. And it also goes into your body composition and all these other physiological factors. Um, and so Tina and I can smoke this exact same joint and you know maybe i you know i've been smoking a lot today and so it really doesn't phase me but it's tina's first hit of the day or right. that's the strain that her brain likes or her receptors really respond well to or appeal to um tina's gonna be lit and i'm gonna be just fine and neither tina and i nor any of our friends or industry folks um advocate for driving while high um but you know i could be good to drive whereas tina she's super lit mm -hmm. over here um from her camp because uh, if you're using it as a medicine flower. then sure. you're, you should be good to drive right because you, now, you should you know use your I mean? best judgment Most of, of the course time. but yeah a lot of people that are in chronic pain they have very high they're tolerances not getting, like, they're not like yeah i'm high as shit they're, they're like oh my knee doesn't hurt yeah you know? and a great way to look at it is we've been legal now for four years how many times have you heard on the news, oh, we have another DUI with just cannabis. We have another DUI <laughs> right. with just cannabis or, or you know, accident. No, you don't because alcohol is what is going to um, impair your driving. So we wanted to create a bill that was based on inebriation, just like alcohol or prescription drugs, and take this super antiquated blood test, um, 0.2 nanograms out of the equation. So with Assemblyman Steve Yeager, um, the help of National Normal, um, Paul Armentano, who was a great specialist on this bill, Scott Rutledge, uh, there was a lot of people that were on this bill that helped make it happen. But this way, uh, consumers aren't being targeted and they're not being um, prosecuted unjustly. Mm -hmm. And that's one of our pillars is the chamber is justice. Yeah. And one thing that um, I think, Tina, you've said, and it just it made me think right away, it was when when the bill for adult use cannabis passed and they changed the language um, for 
adult use, they, the, all the other laws did not update with that. And so you have to adjust and there's still so much work to be done. And we're finding that out, you know, as we uh, participate in the industry, um, we're finding out what needs to change and what needs to go next. And that's exactly what AB 341 led us to, right? So that that is the next step for our industry to move commerce forward. Okay. I'll let Tina tell about it. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> AB 341 is the cannabis consumption lounges. Yeah. The, consum- mm-hmm. the cannabis consumption lounges. So basically now <laughs> we have 20 licenses um, that we can give out which 10 are going to be social equity, which is what we want, equity in, in cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think uh, I learned with one of you guys that there's 330 licenses mm-hmm. for cannabis mm-hmm. consumption or just No, total cannabis. ownership. Yeah, ownership. Okay. So cultivation, production, retail. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how much percentage is a minority? Like five. That's insane. That's Unacceptable. It's insane. When you it's learn an embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. It's embarrassing. You know who else thinks it's embarrassing? Not just us, everyone working in the industry. Um, and our governor thinks it's embarrassing. And so does the CCB. And they know that the direction that we move in as an industry needs to have a much more diverse ownership base. Like Danny said earlier, that looks like the consumer base. So right. we knew this was the obvious choice because. Uh, number one, people need somewhere to consume where they're not being criminalized. Um, so we created this bill and nowhere to consume it, mm-hmm. right? Irresponsible capitalism. 100%. And we had a great relationship with our assemblyman. I went up and knocked on his door a couple years earlier in Reno <laughs> with Las Vegas Normal. And um, he eventually, he said, hey, if you guys create a proposal and I like it, I'll carry the bill. And we are the only organization or cannabis business in Nevada to create anything. Not not one dispensary. Not one. What? That's yes. so crazy. He, when put, you it out, he that. put that out to everyone. Yeah. Truly. Like if you were yeah. If you were in the know, like the dispensaries were worried that consumption lounges would create a second dispensary. And mm. we wanted to make sure that everyone understood this is a place where you can consume. You're not taking it with you. It's working just like a bar, right? You don't take your alcohol with you, your bottle of wine. No. Uh, Well, sometimes in Vegas you do. But (laughs) 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 Um, you go to a restaurant. We also shop at a grocery store. Same thing. A dispensary is like a grocery store, a consumption lounge. You can have food. You can have non-alcoholic drinks. You can have entertainment. It could be a hotel. The list goes on and on with opportunities. We had opposition but we worked with the opposition to negotiate on things and got to the point where we had probably about a 80% of what we wanted in the bill. And you got to negotiate. It's not always all or nothing like all these crazy freaks that are in politics right now want to portray. You know, we have to set the example of, hey, this is how you move things along and do you pick guys and choose your just battles. Like look at yourselves and be like, yeah, we some badass bitches. Like, like when Sometimes you pass when along. we're crying, we t- wipe our tears with $100 bills. My boss, investors. <laughs> I had a boss that used to tell me that. Go wipe your tears with $100 bills. <laughs> you know, it gets overwhelming. Our schedules right. get overwhelming. We like to pile a lot on, but we're also so eager. We're building shit. This is the good old days right now, right? This is the good old days. And I feel like it's always fun. We definitely wish we had personal assistance. There's still time <laughs> and for that. Yeah. Males mm-hmm. that we can boss around. <laughs> Yeah, we see the opportunity and truly every single morning I wake up and I think, oh, my God, 
I get to help dictate. I get to be um, a brick in these foundational layers of an industry that has that is being built right in front of me, and I get to choose which direction the brick goes, how how it looks, um, and I can. It doesn't have to look like every other house that the already has been built in the past, right? Not just these boring, boring, um, you know, rancho style homes. No, if I want to, you know you know, make this industry, um, you know, not, not all male led, um, smash the patriarchy, uh, change up the ownership, change up the demographic, um, do it with something that used to be taboo cannabis. And that's exactly my prerogative. So I get really excited by the fact that again, I get to be building a piece of this industry that hasn't been built yet and like tina said these are the good old days um and i really don't know of any other industries that get the same opportunity the last biggest emerging market was the internet was tech.com right technology is not for me (laughs) 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 but you know it is big fat blunts oh yes that was gonna be one of my questions blunt or bowl i know you're a dabber though well, I'm trying to be as healthy as possible these days, and so I want to put, you know, some double organic bamboo okay. motherfucking cones. Nice. Um, I got the hemp wraps now. I don't smoke blunts I like anymore. Hemp. Yeah, Good I smoke you. hemp. I smoke, smoke hemp or was, um, joints, but joints take it's patience. That yeah. shit takes patience. It's very smooth. Like. We can only be so good with our hands. When are these consumption lounges supposed to be open? Who can apply? How do they apply? Is it closed? Like, is it open? What's going on? Great question. We are right at that point where <laughs> regulations are going to happen. They're going to come out from the Cannabis Compliance Board. We follow those um, to a T. I actually had um, the opportunity to sit on the Diversity, Social Equity, and Inclusion Subcommittee, which was an absolute honor. Danny and I had three successful meetings with the CCB prior, gave them concerns and solutions of the industry, our colleagues, ourselves, um, and just built a great relationship with them. Like, you don't need to hate regulators. Um, and then, but yes, so the, as far as the bill going now, so in the next 60 days, we should know how these, um, with Tina's advice and our industry to, and our coalition of industry leaders, we came together, we're able to say, Hey, this is what we think. This is how we think it should go to these led to the regulators who maybe aren't necessarily consumers. They haven't worked in the industry or they haven't worked in it, um, in the capacity that we have. Um, so we get to help guide that conversation. Those regulations, once they put those out, will really, um, with all the input, clearly lay out who can apply. Um, but again, everyone can apply for these independent lounges. You just have, you will have to meet some certain parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only ten thousand dollars to apply for the independent lounge. And if you're a social social equity applicant, it's going to be twenty five hundred dollars to apply. Wow. Yes. So do you we, get that money back or no? No, you don't get it back, and that's the cost of them vetting the applicant. And, you know, you're paying for what the people are doing. Um, And then it will be a lottery. So that's, yeah, that's about the fairest way to do it. Lots of other states have done it. Uh, We really fucked up the way that we did our licenses on the first round. It was a merit-based system judged by temp employees from like manpower or something. And there was a lot of funny business happening with money and bribes. And Mm -hmm. you can read all about it on the internet. There's a good um, article in Elevate by Ross Miller. Oh, who's yes. A part of Commissioner our, Ross mm-hmm. Miller. Highly oh. recommend you pick up that or Google it, I suppose. Yeah, Google it. Um, but 
It needs to be a fair and transparent license process. These are privileged license. These are once in a lifetime opportunities, you know, and these lounges, they can be anything like I was saying earlier. And with our restaurateurs and entrepreneurs and chefs, I mean, look at the strip. We do everything great. We do right. hotels, great lodging, great restaurants, strip clubs. Like what are we going to wait for Oklahoma to do it first? I don't fucking think so. We're the so, We are going to be the Amsterdam of America. Because you know what's We're crazy? So We've been legal three, uh, what? No, five years now. 17 was when it was became legal, right? Mm. Um, and we still don't have any consumption lounges. Like, it's crazy that right. now it's just happening. But the fact that it's happening because of you guys, like, ah! It's a, isn't that exciting? A lot we're of just people, the weirdos that were like, "Hey, we should do it." Like, but yeah, <laughs> because everybody, like you said, everybody's like, "Well, it would be cool if we could do this, or we could, and, you know what I mean?" And but we like, like nobody to say, does anything to do it. We're the fourth leg of the race. Yes, okay, exactly. this is like a four by four, and we're like the fourth leg. There was people that were before us, activists before us. My friend Jen T put a lot of work into this. Politicians, um, so we just took it home. Yes. I'll tell you one thing that is just such a blessing is we work with so many incredible women. We work a lot of great dudes too, but so many great women that you find a connection with, you know, cannabis, everyone has a personal story and how it's changed their mind and changed their life. And you can get deep, 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 deep with that shit, especially with someone, you know, who's not going to judge you or maybe you both see each other hustling and then, And we've been able to find those females and learn from each other. We're mentors for each other. Um, there's a lot of young people in the industry, uh, first-time leaders. So it's it's cool to be a part of that. That doesn't exist. We both worked in hospitality. And we also want to make money with our friends. We want to get rich with our friends. We want to go on yachts with our friends. 100%. Um, there's a lot of cultures that like <coughs> to make money together. Right. Well, and like you said, like-minded, like like-minded people, like who doesn't want to be with people that think like them? Yeah. You know, we're trying to create a good old girls club, right? <laughs> so in like 20 years, we're all in Palm Springs again, wiping our tears with hundred dollar bills. <laughs> I don't have tears. No, I, I liked what you said, Tina. It's, um, surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you as well. Um, we're all learning for, from each other. Um, and yeah, having that opportunity for a mentor of someone that respects and understands you and is going through something, um, extremely similar is really invaluable. Mm-hmm. We're so very lucky. And then we meet people like you who are ancillary friends of friends. There's so many friend connections. What's ancillary? The, <sighs> like you don't uh, directly sell or work, work with in the cannabis. Plant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I'm like just. You're all doing over a, here. An, yeah, you're but you side chick. <laughs> you know, but you're yeah, like you're so related. That's the whole thing. You're an ancillary piece of the puzzle. You're cousin yeah. Angela. <laughs> cousin, cousin Angie. I just learned a word today. Ancillary. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, trust me. Danny teaches me words all the time. Danny, tell him your little thing. I have a spectacular vernacular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do really great at like workshopping things and, you know, we're, we're both I love good that with she words. stalked you and found you. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. She found me at like one of my highest points. I got to go on Fox News and talk <laughs> shit to Laura Ingram. Seriously. What? My friend was like, come to this normal meeting or come to this uh, political cannabis advocacy group. You're going to like it. Um, and then I see Tina um, talking to Laura Ingram and just getting like, Bleh! like, like, but so fierce and intense. And I was like, oh my God, that is everything that I see in myself and that I aspire to be. And I definitely want to learn from that queen. And so I lean over to my friend and I said, I'm gonna be her friend, and my friend's like, no, 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 okay. And then now, <laughs> you said that about us. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all it 
tick was her big smile and laughing when I said a joke, you know, She's and we've been like, how could you not be happy looking at either one of Right. You, you we've know? been laughing at each other's jokes <laughs> ever since. Yeah. But you, you get what you put your effort into. And she did like, you, we just connected and we elevate each other. Um, yeah. So it's been awesome. We're, we're yeah. very so grateful. Proud of you guys. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud that you have each other. That's so nice. It, you know, very helpful. Cause I know that's like, it's really hard to do things on your own. You and know? cannabis, I still do we push each other and it's yeah. like, we help each other nice focus. to have somebody that I could trust that as a partner, you know, you know, I live six minutes from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So tell me about the, I know you guys are fucking badass in sales too. So tell me about the new companies that you're both with. Oh yeah. Um, so we both have been blessed. We started with great companies and, uh, now we're both with, uh, companies that are chamber members. So in August, I chose to move from the brand manager of old pal into the director of brands for the source dispensaries overseeing camp eightfold and wonderful our three in-house brands. And, um, it was a great opportunity. Um, my boss actually came to one of our chamber meetings, stood in the back, saw me, uh, said, Hey, I'd love to take you for coffee. I thought, yeah, I'm going to get a donation. (laughs) And, uh, well, he got me instead. So he presented a great opportunity to join the team. Um, I have a lot of respect and admiration for the dispensary already. I felt like they did a great job at normalizing it, making people feel welcome, um, especially people that aren't sure about cannabis, right? And they um, also have multiple different um, retail retail businesses, and they're vertical. Make a great product called Camp, and I care what goes in my body. I want to make sure that I'm putting the best product in my body, and Camp truly is one of the best products. It's solventless, hash rosin, live rosin. Um, we have an incredible grow team, incredible production team, so... Um, I love to win. That's definitely something Danny and I both have in common. We <laughs> love to win. And we we want to be business owners one day as well. So I took this opportunity because I knew this is what I needed to learn. And this was my next step. I also strongly believe that sometimes big cannabis companies get a bad rap because they're big. Big doesn't mean bad. In Detroit, you have the big three. And they employed my family until to this day. And they have pensions, they have good paying jobs, and you had a career. And that's what cannabis is. It's a a green collared jobs. So we want to make sure that we're steering and help guiding big companies so that we don't forget about our privilege and we are impacting our community. So, And yeah, on that note, again, it's these companies that recognize that impacting the community is important. And I'm so grateful that, um, you know, I got swooped up by another company who, um, you know, interestingly enough, um, was one of the first people that Tina and I approached um, when we were building the chamber and we pitched this idea to the ownership of the company and we said hey this is the organization that we want to build this is what it's going to take to get there and will you please help um do you believe in what we're doing and they were the first group and this is oasis and city trees to jump on board and say i believe in what you what you two are saying Mm -hmm. and i want to see you get there and so here you go. Here's the funds to do so. Yeah. It was, it was you know what? We really lucky. only had a good relationship with the business. We didn't really know him very well, but we both did business with our prior um, jobs. And you do good business, you get good results, you know? Um, and that's really what's happened. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, and of course, because of the business that I'd been building with and 
with not only the chamber, but with my former job, my company, when they, you know, when it came time, they said, we want someone to oversee these brands. We're growing so fast. Um, so they created the position and they, they chose to look, look for a candidate that believed in the, believed in the power of building up the community and what the, what the plant can do, um, and all the power behind it. So, I mean, they saw what me and Tina had been doing with the chamber. They recognized in me, the leader that I see in myself. Um, and they said, Hey girl, um, everything you do, <laughs> we love that. Yeah. And we would love for you to, to do bring, it for us. Would you, we'd love for you to bring that Danny B zesty energy over to city trees and help us grow this brand in Nevada and other States as well. Um, so I get to, I do marketing and sales enablement. So I get to work with the team um, that loves what they do, um, hell bent on making incredible products. Um, so we do concentrates and tinctures. I actually have some of this apricot crumble. It actually, Ooh. I mean, it's actually award winning. Everyone, oh it just one. Is this a dab? Yeah. Oh yeah. Two, two first place, uh, two first place prizes at the High Times People's Choice Cup, and that is the oh. largest judging pool in history. I always say I don't do concentrate because I just. What do you think? I'll just try it with you though. So yeah, this is a yeah live resin. We partnered mm. with some other folks in the community, the Growers Circle. Used their flower, apricot crumble. Made two, uh, two entries. It's incredible. Fuck I'm it, be let's do it. Honored to give you a dab. But no, city trees. Uh, another thing I really want to bring more attention to is tinctures. So we have the number one selling tincture for three years in Nevada. And for wow. so the whole Lutheran reasons. church bonnet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's has a blue agave base. It's vegan. It's organic. It's non GMO. It doesn't spike your glycemic index. So it's diabetic friendly. Um, this is another way that people like me and Tina were talking about earlier are people that may be less hesitant to tr smoke, smoke weed. Yeah. Um, this is a way that they can access cannabis and right. they can access healing and relief or whatever you need from cannabis. I love right. So I've been microdosing with shrooms, okay. um, and I I actually New Year's weekend I didn't go anywhere. I stayed in. The dog had surgery and shit, so I was like, whatever. I just stayed in, didn't want to go out, and then I just like microdosed like a couple nights in a row, and then that like Monday I just felt amazing. Like I felt great. I felt like, you yeah. know what I mean? I'd love to speak to that. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, so entheogens are you know, again. I don't know it, how to do this. When it vibrates, just take a little inhale. Did it vibrate? Mm -mm. Okay. Oh, it's got to heat up? Yeah. Wait, oh. let me see. Um. Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. Go ahead, Angela. Take a hit. This is some City Trees prize-winning uh, live resin apricot crumble. Yep, just like a bong. There you go. Perfect. Does this come out? Oh. You can't, yep. Or you <coughs> just tap it. Welcome. <laughs> and Okay. Right. So, entheogens. <coughs> oh, we'll give you... <laughs> A dab for <coughs> you. That's the only bad part. <coughs> Sorry, I could have done well, a little colder. Well, this is colder. better than my first dab, I think. Good. The first one was burnt my throat really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now I'm just stuck because this is like I'm just letting my <laughs> yeah you just marinate my apricot marinate in my chest. So entheogens are uh, any type of any type of uh, holistic healing that has a psychoactive effect. Um, so that includes cannabis that includes psilocybin which is mushrooms um it also includes things like peyote um there's a, a lot more that i'm forgetting people um often use these for religious ceremonies um and so the cool thing that i think is the next wave of holistic healing and medicine is going to be um 
entheogen at a minimum at a minimal um, <laughs> aspect decriminalization because there's yeah. been some really promising medical studies that it can um, psilocybin can activate parts of your brain that help it heal itself mm -hmm. and so for our friends and family that have served in the longest war in his u.s war in history we have so many friends coming back with ptsd um, and they deserve access to medicine that's not prescription pills that's not harming them and now that we know and there's been a little bit of research done again so much more to do once all of this is decriminalized and descheduled there's already like colorado right uh, so yeah, it has been decriminalized in yeah. some parts of Colorado, some parts of um, Oregon, mm -hmm. um, and and California as well. And there is an organization here looking to do that. It's called Decriminalized Nature. Um, I had a restroom even, guy on here. There was oh, even a, a big convention at Area 15, right? Just most recently. But I love, I love the mm -hmm. openness, the of normalization. Vegas. I just love how open it is and like how free everyone is over here. It's yes. just like a whole different. Well, and I think. With the can yes, open-minded, but with cannabis, um, that we we spoke with a Republican lobbyist and we asked like, hey, what is how? And this was for one of our chamber meetings, and we said, how can we get our Republican? Um, I would say brothers and sisters, but Political it's more leaders. so Republican debt uncles. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the older guys. Now I'm teasing. But he said he said something to the effect that cannabis really split the log, and so this next step is going to be much easier than this initial hurdle <clears throat> we've had to do. Um, and we've made some missteps with cannabis legislation, and so now we can learn from that. But absolutely, decriminalization needs to be first so people can have access to medicine without fear of being penalized. When do you think we're going to be federal for, oh, for cannabis, for cannabis? What's the, I've heard like <clears throat> two years. I've heard like really short amount of time. You know, it's unfortunate that our current president hasn't done the things that he said he was going to do on the campaign trail. And I feel like just looking at the regime that's in Congress and the president, we're probably going to wait unless all of a sudden he just has epiphany and says, oh, I should do the things I promised, you know, and that's, that's why politicians, if, if you're, you've done your time, like move along you take a knee, um, let somebody else come in. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pearl from baked old ladies. She just told me that take a knee to somebody she had to say. And I love that saying because that's what some of these politicians need to do. I'll tell you a fun fact. We have more females in our legislature than any other state. And that's wow. pretty cool. And we pretty have a lot cool. of, yeah, young political leaders. So when we see people, you know, in our age demographic, then you're like, wow, why not me? And we've really gone through this last three years of thinking like, why not us? Why not me? Why not cannabis? Why not all our homies? And uh, there's no answer to it. It can be done. It can be us. Yes. yes, just takes that initiative. I like working with you guys because I feel like eventually I'll be able to like dip into like something political, but like I just was never into politics my whole life, never like <clears throat> even just nothing. And then nope. my same girl, Taz, she was like, well, you can change your local officials. You can literally go and talk to them. You can vote for them. So, you, you know, you can't change it on the big scale because I was like, no one can choose yeah. president. And she's like, but you can choose people in that are making decisions in your community. You can affect change. Right. And then I was like, well, I never really had those issues because I didn't have the issues in my community. I didn't have food deserts and shit like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like privilege. Well, you look at like the ACLU, right? NAACP. 
those are organizations. Those are community and business organizations. Like that is who creates change. Now they're huge at this point, but it all starts with one person, then two people. We've been in rooms. I went up to Northern Nevada two and a half years ago to Fallon, which is a all red town that is very conservative and not open to cannabis. They only have one medical facility. And uh, there were 12 people there. 12 people. Now we're speaking to rooms of 200. And how all the thousands of followers out there listen to us. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, yeah. And I had, I mean, what, just one more further example of how my story can impact someone and can change. Um, I shared my story about, you know, being criminalized and charged with this felony um, in front of a room with a bunch of judges and other cannabis leaders. And uh, one of the judges um at a later date, Tina and I were doing a service project, actually painting in a reformed crypt neighborhood. Um, that was fun for me. A very learning experience coming from Utah. <laughs> you wear blue. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we know. went with all black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyhow, um, uh, we were doing some community service and one of the judges that was, had heard my story prior said, Hey, I came up to me and said, I wanted to let you know that, um, the other day I had a young woman in my courtroom and she had almost an identical story to you. She was young. She was in college. She did get caught smoking weed. Um, but she's like, your story really impacted me and it imprinted on me and it really guided my decision. So, um, you know, this, you know, I wanted to say thank you for sharing your story. And to me that literally rocked my world. Um, you know, I'm doing my best sharing what I know, but to think that I, I somehow touched somebody else's life without knowing it, that's, that's something else. It, yeah. It's, it speaks to the power of what we can do and how mm -hmm. we can change our local officials. I didn't minds. realize like that's what I was even doing when I was, you know, doing the podcast. And then when people like DM me, I'm like, Oh, no, I'm, I'm glad that like made you feel good or that you learned that, you know? Yeah. Cause I'm, for me, I'm just talking and then, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. like, I'm learning too. So it's just mm -hmm. been like a great experience. I love it. So we get smarter. <laughs> it's fun to get smarter. I'm just like, yeah, I love it. I just love growing. I love the growth. I love being connected. So, mm -hmm. and I love cannabis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Mm. okay so <clears throat> our lightning round Ooh. indica or sativa? sativa sativa me too yeah um, that's a sativa by the way nice okay mm -hmm. i actually i well at first i got super high and i was in space and then i came back down and now i feel good mm. yeah but the dabs awesome. yeah i don't I'm, I'm not like a big concentrate person i just like flour that's so interesting and i have i feel i don't necessarily get as high from flour anymore well it's no so shit weird. <laughs> well no but then my yeah, yeah. no it's your it's your endocannabinoid endo, -can endo -can you know it's your system bro everyone's different your system, that. Bro. <laughs> um heels or sneakers heels, heels. Mm. martini or beer margarita margarita yeah, yeah. <laughs> i also agree with you there you guys are twins honestly we're metamorphosizing into one <laughs> yeah <laughs> would you rather be hot or cold Hot, hot, yeah. Ugh, yeah. Yes. I say no to the snow. Okay. <laughs> Thank. That's what I said. Thank you. I say no to the snow. I'm yeah. That. My friend's like, oh, I'm going up to whatever. No. Nope. Like, no. He's like, what? Well, I don't get why you don't like the snow. Why don't See, you get it? Some, I don't no, know listen, how you don't understand. It's got to be why, one of those why days. Why do you like the snow? <laughs> where there's snow, but it's 55 and sunny. You're and looking beautiful, at it. right? You're right. inside. I like sledding. You know, I like skiing, but. Um, not when it's windy, super cold, like not under 55. Mm -hmm. 
I just don't want to, like, it's pretty to look at, I guess, in, like, a postcard. Yeah. But I grew up in Jersey, so I'm used to snow. Fuck and that snow. it was never, yeah, fuck that shit. Some people are like, oh, you got to wear a snowsuit. You'll be fine. You're going to get all warm. I'm like, I don't want to do the cabin shit. We can light a fire in the summer on a bonfire on the beach, okay? I don't need to be nowhere. No, don't invite me. We do, like, bonfires on the beach. You can come with next yes. time. Mm-hmm. Come so with I was going to ask you, so you guys are going 100 miles an hour all the time. When you aren't being... Superwoman's. What are you doing for like your mental peace, your rest? What's your therapy? Um, for me, it's um, I really I love to um, enjoy the privilege of my body, and so I love to cycle and I love to weightlift. I love pushing myself um, and like refining and making small tweaks um, to to what I'm doing, and then watching my numbers and metrics grow. So I track everything. Um, my workout every day I have on spreadsheets and, um, I have a bike Nerd alert. Nerd alert. I have four incredible bikes. Um, um, I absolutely just love being outside and being in nature. And, um, again, just enjoying, enjoying my body. I'm a lifelong athlete and cannabis helps me, um, with, helps me recover, um, from my, from my athletic activities. Um, I don't really like to smoke and ride and stuff like that. Like that's not my jam. Um, but I do like the recovery and how it helps my body and then also my mind simultaneously. So that's how I like to do that. Otherwise, um, really big into reading. Um, I think they say not all, not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. Okay. So. I just started reading again, too, the past few years. Feels good, huh? Yeah. I was so. a big reader when I was little, like, nerd. Like, I would book be, it. I would, like, You were getting the, oh, bitch. book it. Yeah. Those personal <laughs> pan pizzas from Pizza Hut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were so good. So, yes, and that's me. And then I also really enjoy spending time with my friends. Um, when, we, when we're working, um, and then also when off, off working, that's how I uh, relax and, and uh appease right. my mind i'm glad but. i got y'all before the hangout yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i i feel the exact same way um i like to work out outside i'm a runner and i just like to get in that zone and you know become one with nature let my problems jump off that little mountain or jump into the ocean um my family did a lot of outdoor activities, boating, camping, so I enjoy that a lot too, spending time with my family and friends. We have obviously a lot of likes and common interests. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... <laughs> um, now, the only thing is, I do like to read, but, the, but by the time I get to page 13 to 17, I start thinking about laundry and all these other things. So I do love a good podcast. I listen to a lot to help my mind. We love Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, you know, just to find out other people's truths and how to apply those truths. Um, we have a lot of great friends that help us mentally, too. Um, Gia Kubik is a, a great leader in the space who is uh, really helped us kind of guide our minds in certain times. And yeah, so... Okay, so what is upcoming for the Chamber 2022? I'm excited because uh, this will be dropping on the 19th. So only 19 days into 2022. And I keep telling everybody this, like, don't curse your life. Don't say that it's going to be over and fly by. Take every day, day by day, and do the most that you can for yourself to fulfill yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So that you actually feel like you got out the year. So what's going on with the the chamber? Because we got a whole 
11 months ahead of us. Oh, well, next upcoming event is uh, the 20th. We are going to have Jasmine Manns. She's an author, poet, and founder of Buy Weed from Women, which is an incredible apparel company and a movement. Um, and then we also have founder and CEO of Miss Grass, which you have been smoking on. We have been smoking on. Yeah. Um, Kate Miller, who is the CEO. Uh, she's going to also be with us. And uh, they just launched here in Nevada. All-female-led company. All-female ran. Our girl Alexia also is working with them now. So. Oh, I met her today. You did? Yeah. Oh, where? At, she was the one that helped me with the thing. Oh. Yeah, I okay. told her I'll see you Thursday. Yep. Yeah. She's another person that's put in the time and work and you know, yeah. opportunities. So. We met in, yeah, I met, I met her volunteering mm -hmm. and yeah, doing advocacy. So yeah, happy to see her succeed. Winner's sick with winners. Winner's sick with winners. Yeah, she was nice. I liked her energy. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is the 20th. You can go to our Instagram, which is Chamber of Cannabis. Um, that's where you can buy tickets in the link tree. And we have food, lots of vegan options, cocktail. It's at Diversion Amusements. Oh, I buy your tickets today because it's tomorrow. And then otherwise, um, as far as, as our organizational goals, um, we have quite a few. So um, we are so proud to say that we have built our coalition to uh, over 400 members, 400 individual members and over 60 businesses. Um, and that it, we are, again, so grateful for every single person that said, hey, we see what you're doing and we want to be a part of that, whether that be my time, my energy or some dollar bills. Yeah. Um, and so with those dollar bills, um, we are going to continue <laughs> to grow our industry to continue to move as a unified, a unified coalition and uh, one unified voice. Um, again, it takes money to, um, to keep this organization moving. So we um, are building our website. We have a, a weekly roll up that we send out once a week, a weekly newsletter. Um, and that ha that takes a lot of time and energy, but what it's doing is, is informing our industry of what's going on. Um, so again, we have been, we are, you know, have all of these things require just a little bit of money, um, but the the amount of change that we can affect with this and our organization is going to be massive. We're partnering with bigger organizations like NCIA um, to guide us. We work with parliamentarians. So again, just refining our processes and and learning things about building. Um, building a nonprofit, which in turn we can then bring to our cannabis businesses, increase our business acumen and, um, you oh. know, share all of this with our friends and continue to build the industry. Um, and some of the ways that we might've missed when, you know, we started selling weed in junior high and then you got a sales job. You might've missed steps three and four where they taught you how to build a spreadsheet or whatever, whatever you might need to do. So I was not paying attention during the spreadsheet time <laughs> during the spreadsheet portion. I was painting I, my I nails and thinking about like my so. boyfriend in jail <laughs> and then yes there's also uh local elections um so yes. we will be as an as a coalition um creating an opportunity for these leaders to say hey you know am i pro cannabis what am i going to do for the cannabis industry and then we want to share that information with our friends um so that that can help you know help you understand and have more knowledge of who you're voting for mm -hmm. um so that's just a service that we want to provide um and i think is vital so it's going to be a few of those things and continuing to um meet people that want to join the consumption lounge industry that's going to be emerging right so um it's going to be helping foster resources and connections with our vast network introducing um people that want to 
be uh, have these licenses the social equity applicants are going to need to know um, who to do business with and that's exactly what our organization can do is introduce you to those friends who again have the same mindset as you and want to move this industry forward with um, equity and justice wow <laughs> yes <laughs> what she said <laughs> danny b and tina <laughs> After she does the dab, she goes. <laughs> Speaking of Sunday, so it's really thing, the city trees dabs make me do that every time. Yeah, that dab. I mean, that dab had me feel nice. We dabbed on city trees all throughout mm-hmm. COVID. Um, Truly, yes, we. That's when I mean, for me, I really got into dabs, and whew. city trees was there for us. City trees was there <laughs> for us. And it still us. is. <laughs> now camp is here for me. <laughs> for me. Um, all right. So overall, uh, best advice to anybody. Do what brings you joy, what fulfills you, what you feel you're supposed to be doing with the people you're supposed to be doing with it. Um, just if it's if it's not a hell yes, then hell no. Yeah, and I think we said it about 79,000 times, but why not me? Why not you? Everyone is having that thought, and the people that are doing the thing that you want to do were the person that took one step forward. And just believe in yourself. Um, I never thought growing up in Utah as a Mormon kid (laughs) in marching band and also in every other uh, school organization possible I could fit into my schedule. um, I never thought on earth that I would be selling weed and being a part of building an industry and in Las Vegas. That's a, that's a small difference. I always wanted to be a legal drug dealer my entire <laughs> life. I fucking, I love, ooh, nobody told me thug passion was going to last forever, first of all. Okay. Um, when I saw Blow with Johnny Depp, mm. I knew. <laughs> I knew. I, I did, though. So okay. we, we're living the dream. Ugh, Truly. I love living the dream. Like, it's, uh, I can't get better. Seriously. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, Angela, we don't deserve you. This is your gift box. I think you can find <laughs> something in there. I feel like you might like the ring, actually. Danny. Oh my the god, Angela, is like you. <laughs> is that in there? Really? Oh shit, I thought I smoked it. I smoked that other one. Hmm. You know, I do like. Oh my the god, I want the bubble gum. I want the bubble gum. Oh well, well sure. I want that. Okay. Yeah, I don't want. I want that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is the oh runs runs of Eden. Shout out to oh. Camp. I like this one because oh. you gave me two bags and I smoked one. Oh yeah. yeah. And it was, I also smoked that. Danny did a great job plugging her awards. We actually run one. Jack Herrera Awards. And I love Jack. That's like my ultimate yeah. strain. Jack Herrera is my favorite. Well, he, he does a big competition out here. And mm-hmm. we, we're both, we're lucky. We're with winners, you know? We're with winning teams. What'd you get? I want this gum, too. You want to split it with me? No, I want oh. the, my own piece. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my bad. We even split gum, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Sometimes this is too big of a piece. Oh, really? And you're supposed to gift crystals anyway. <gasps> Ooh, okay, that's a, actually a perfect pinky ring. All right, guys. Well, thanks for being here. I had fun. Thank you. My mouth is full of bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, mom, 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 mom. <laughs> drop, 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 drop. Thank you for having us. We appreciate yeah. you. I'm Camp Counselor T. That's the Gypsy Sorceress. We're the Chamber of Cannabis. <laughs> Until next time. Peace. <laughs> When is enough enough? When is the hate turn into love? They just keep killing us, never to face the consequence. I put my hands way up, keeping my hands where they can see.
looking to make a difference No longer a slave, but am I free? Can somebody help me? Cause I can't breathe Can somebody help me? No justice, no peace Can somebody help me? Cause I can't breathe Can somebody help me?